Feels so good. Out here in Mountain, it's a real good morning. I bet these birds got them probably hey. close to a hundred times. Tater, rocking season, boys. All right, this is episode number 45. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ryan Greathouse, and this is the Strut South Podcast. Um, today, we've got Paul Sunground on here. He's just a good buddy of ours. He, um, he just lives right over the mountain from us, and uh, we get him on here, and we talk about just hunting and you know, kind of what his plans are for this season. And um, we really go in depth a little bit about, you know, how important does are to um, the growth of your bucks. And uh, so hope you guys enjoy the discussion I had with Paul. It was a real good time. And uh, before we get to the show, we'll do some house cleaning. Um, Y'all know what the deal is if you've already done so. We really greatly appreciate it. But if you haven't, go check us out on Strut South TV on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Um, also, uh, if you do have the time, please go on your respective platform that you're listening to us on, iTunes, Tuning Radio, Anchor, Spotify, whichever one you prefer. And um, if there's an option on there to leave a rating and a review we uh we would really appreciate you do that it really helps for our podcast to get out there for more people to hear and uh we just really really appreciate that feedback y'all leave us um a lot of great feedback so far so we want to we want to keep it coming for you guys and uh also um a little bit of an update we've got a turkey calling contest coming up uh next weekend i believe uh, august 17th and uh it's gonna be in hagen georgia it's gonna be at 501 cedar avenue hagen georgia um it's gonna be the southeast spring classic they um they're putting that contest on i think that contest has been running for several years now um justin and myself we're gonna we're gonna go up there and Give it a shot, see what we can do, and uh, have a good time. Listen to some good turkey calling, and so if you uh, if y'all are close to that area, or if you just want to go and hear some good turkey calling and some possibly owl hooting, I think they're going to do owl hooting in there too. Um, y'all go check it out and give it a give it a listen. But if you uh, if you want to get into that contest, you can contact Paul Thompson. Um, his phone number is 912-334-0816. Um, 
Y'all can give him a shout. Get in there. Get in that contest. And it's going to be, remember, it's going to be on August the 17th at uh, in Hagen, Georgia. So with that, we'll just go on and get right into the show. And hope you all enjoy. All right, everybody. We got Paul Centerground on here with us. We, uh, Paul and I, we, it, <laughs> we've been trying to get this thing going for about 20, 30 minutes. And, uh, we've been having some technical difficulties here with the, uh, the technology, but we got Paul on here finally. What's up, man? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good deal. Good deal, man. I'm, uh, yeah, I wanted to get you on here, man, because, uh, you've been, Coming up a lot in, in conversations that we've been talking to with, uh, Whitetail Legacy Boys, and that's kind of, you kind of connected us with them, and we did podcasts and all that, but, um, just wanted to get you on here, talk deer, talk hunting, and tell some stories, maybe, and have a good time. Hey, sounds like a plan to me. I, I, I can talk about hunting all day, every day. I love it. Good deal, good deal. Um, well, for everybody out there um, in the the internet world and listening to this podcast, if they don't give us a story of about like you know kind of who you are and what you do and all that, I reckon. All right. Um, so, well, like you said, my name is Paul Centerground. Um, I live in Shiloh, Georgia, which is just a little little town. Uh, we all went to school together. Me and Ryan and Justin, some of the other guys. Um, I work in Columbus, spent a lot of time in Columbus working at uh, Columbus Fire and Safety. But uh, my favorite time of the year is uh, about 36 days away, and that's why I tell season. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. I don't know if, I don't know if uh, whitetail season is my favorite time of year, but it's definitely – well, I take that back. It probably is my favorite time of year, like the fall and then deer season and all that. But it's probably—I wouldn't say it's my favorite time just because of deer. But yeah, I know you're I, a turkey man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, well, maybe when I lay me a turkey down, I'll like turkey season just as much. Yeah, we might need to change it. You ain't never killed on turkey. No sir. Now, well, this mm. this this past season, 2019 season was. First year I've ever actually tried to get on some turkeys, and I actually went out to uh, that, that that public land I saw you at and got a couple birds gobbling, but I never could get them in into me. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny there. I was. <laughs> um. So Paul Paul was was stalking me or something, <laughs> or at least that's what I thought at first. <laughs> um. Hey, I was there was first. A yeah, you are. You are. And, uh, the, we're hunting on a piece of public in an undisclosed location. And, uh, I don't know if, I think it was, I think I was in the woods or I think I had just come out when I saw the picture. But Paul had took a picture of my truck <laughs> and sent it to us on our little group, on our messages, you know. And, uh, at first, I didn't know who it was, and all I see is a picture of my truck, and I mean, it's pretty obvious who it is. It's got a big old Shut South TV sticker on the back of glass, and 
at first I saw that picture. I'm like, man, somebody's talking me. I don't know who this is. They done sent me a picture of my truck. <laughs> they watching me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, because we had, I think we had just talked the day, that day or day before that, so a couple of days before that or something like that. And uh, I come out of the woods and, bam, there's, there's your red truck with the strut south TV across the back. And I was like, well, doggone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, but no, man, we're going to have to change that. We'll have to, uh, we might have to hook up and try to, if we can't get you a bird on the ground. Oh, I think that's like a plan. You'll uh, you'll definitely look at look at deer a little different. You won't. I won't say you won't love deer no more, but you won't. You'll have another love for another animal, and that's that's for sure. Well, I tell you what, uh, man. I I had a uh, I had a good time trying and learning, um, and that's what it's about. Honestly, is learning because I know I can't go. Out, I'm not gonna go out there the first time and just automatically kill something it, it would be just called killing turkeys instead of hunting turkeys but i really had a I really had a good time you know just just being out there in the woods and, and learning it and you know i actually got some birds to respond to me so you know i see that as a success yeah yeah it is um it's fun ain't no doubt about that it's um it's, it's hard to compare it's hard to compare turkey hunting to anything else because it ain't it ain't like nothing else. It, it definitely ain't nothing like deer hunting. Because um, you get to move around. and There's a lot more action involved. But um, we won't get on turkeys too deep here. We got because we got deer deer season coming up. And I think people want to talk want to hear deer stories and hear us talking about deer. But uh, so what? Um, what kind of plans you looking like this year? You think you uh think you might have a decent season or what's it looking like? Well, I've had cameras out since I think probably April, May maybe, somewhere along in there, maybe even into March. Um and uh, you know, when I first started put got my cameras out and I checked them the first couple of times I had some I had some little bucks growing on there and uh they was hitting the minimal pretty good, and now that I don't know if it's this heat or whatever, but I got I got a picture of a couple nice bucks mid June, and I haven't seen any bucks since then. But you know what? I got plenty of does uh, that look like they could use thinning out a little bit, so that'll put some meat in the freezer. Heck yeah, man! If you're gonna if you're gonna shoot some does, you might as well go on and shoot them early. Yeah. Going and uh, going and get them out there. Get you some meat in the freezer, and then you do that. And you ain't got to worry about uh, having to kill one late in the year after one of them been bred. That's right. That's right. And and I look back at I look back at the past year's pictures on cameras, and and I noticed that I don't know that I have bucks that actually live on my property. I think they they frequent later in the year because they didn't really show up last year till mid October. Early November is when I started seeing some some decent bucks, huh? Yeah, yeah. You sounds like you might have trespassers. Mm-hmm. And uh, trespassers usually get shot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. 
Well, let's let's uh, I forgot, I almost forgot all about it, but we're gonna do our uh, our rapid fire Q and A here. Um, I don't have any rapid fire questions written down, so this is gonna be a hundred percent random. Sling them out there. Uh, all right, let me think for about two seconds. All right. Um. You like sweet tea or soda or Dr. Pepper? If I'm drinking soda, it's going to be a Dr. Pepper, but sweet tea. Mm. Yeah, I like me some sweet tea. Um, more money or more time? More time. All right. Uh, real tree or mossy oak? Real tree all day. Oh. Mm. We can go ahead and just end this podcast right here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Porter Matthews. Hoy. All right. Um, favorite biscuit. Uh, it it had it wouldn't be a biscuit. Um, although I do love a good biscuit, but favorite my favorite breakfast, uh, breakfast it item. Be, it has to be uh, red link cheese and eggs. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. How many was that? Was that five? Yeah, somewhere around right in there. Four or five, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was five. Maybe. All right. We'll just I think well I think that was a good rapid fire. Um so you got any like there was a thing we were talking to uh when i did that podcast with whitetail legacy they uh which we had been messaging the group before then too and they were talking about you uh went in and we did you out of spot yeah man. About you, we did like a half acre so <laughs> tell hey, us about that i'm gonna tell you what i i, I put it in i put it in those, those couple of days uh so where i live in shiloh i got i got two and a half acres just my fancy. And uh, my house sits on about a half an acre, and then there's a, about a half an acre between my house and where the woods start. And that half an acre right there is solid blackberry thorns and some miscellaneous trees and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's through a thick. I got a pretty good screen between that little spot and my house. So what I did was I... I cut me a trail out through there, and I opened it up and weeded a lot of those blackberry bushes down. Uh, tried to get it down to the dirt as best I could um, so I could try to get something planted out there so maybe I could uh, get a couple of couple more deer in. And uh, I weeded it, and I didn't really like the way it looked, so I raked the whole thing up with a, with a yard run, a yard rake, and uh, I, I could see dirt pretty good, so I took my seed and spread it out then and I got a few coming up but hopefully hopefully it'll it'll look a little better. Hmm. Yeah, um I actually I kinda did the same thing that you did, the same exact thing actually. I think it I think I did it the same week that you did yours, but uh yeah I didn't do it on on the scale that you did it. I I might have we needed a little spot that was, I don't know, 
20 yards, maybe 15 yards wide and uh, 30 yards long. So, uh, yeah, just a little bitty spot. Definitely didn't. Definitely didn't. We did. We did that much because I would have died. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even tell you. I, I weeded it and I got it cleared and I let it sit for about a week. I, I left the spot out there. I let it sit for about a week. Then I went back out there with a push mower and bagged it all up the best I could. That's when, and then after that's when, when I weeded it down to the dirt and then tried to rake it all up. Yeah. What uh, What'd you plant? Um, I actually got a blend uh, of no plow uh, from Whitetail Institute that was uh, clover and some rapeseed and some other little stuff. And then I went to the uh, I went to Cooper's General Store down in Waverly Hall and got me five pounds of white clover and spread it out there on top of that. So I think that I think that Whitetail Institute bag was ten pound bag of seed and then. And then another five pounds of clover on top of that. Mm, yeah, Whitetail Institute. They, it's pretty good stuff. They they they're pretty legit. That's actually what I think is coming up. I don't know that my that the, that the five pounds of white clover seed that I bought from the general stores <clears throat> what's popping up. Yeah, I, I did mine, and I kind of just did. And that's the main reason I did just a small spot. I mean, went ahead and made it big enough to where it was at least a decent size for if a deer were to come, it would, you know, stop and have a little bit of space to walk in it and feed around. Basically just mm-hmm. a kill plot. And, uh, but I didn't want to, my original plan, I wanted to make a, to make the spot a lot bigger, like, Almost about what you did. I wanted to do like at least a quarter of an acre. And, uh, I didn't do that because really all I had was some throw and grow and I just threw it out just to see how it would do because the soil on that spot's real, it's always been real sandy and it's been real tough for us to grow anything. So I kind of just did it to see what it would do and it, uh, it didn't turn out good at all, which oh, okay. may it may have been different had I actually got some actual seed and, you know, planted it and covered it up and did all that. But I think it still would have been pretty tough because, I mean, it was the spot that I planted was like in the woods and yeah, uh, didn't really get a didn't get a, a whole didn't it got enough sunlight, but not, not like an extreme amount. Mm -hmm. So I did a little spot back in the woods like that last year in the woods and uh, I had some of that throw and grow and I I went through there and I cut every little tree down that was in there and raked all the leaves up and spread that throw and grow out and uh, the uh, the ryegrass came up excellent but it didn't take but about two weeks for it and it was gone. It was dead. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's what happened with with this patch that I did. It uh, it started it started coming up good about a week after I did it, and then nothing. I think the uh, the weeds that were already there, <clears throat> I think they took it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus it was sandy too. So 
that rape seed that was in that white cell institute actually took pretty good back there in that little spot that I weeded and uh I can see it coming up all over the place so at least I'll might have something out there in the late season because I know I think they like it when it when it gets kind of cool. Yeah. Um. You know, I since we're talking about food plots, because I I kind of think I think they're kind of they're basically one and the same. But ever since last year that they legalized baiting, that's what they call it. I don't. Some people don't like the word baiting, but I mean, I don't, it doesn't really not matter to me, I don't guess, but I hadn't really talked a whole lot about baiting, or I hadn't talked to any of the guests about it really. And, um, what are your, like, what do, how do you feel about the new, the, them making it legal, hunting over bait? Well, I tell you what, man, I, I had it lucky because I was already in the zone that could bait before they changed the law. But uh I, I do think that it that it helps. Um being that it's the whole state, I don't understand why it was ever divided like that and one half of the state could date and one half couldn't. That just didn't make no sense either. All one way around right. the other way. Yeah. Um but but um and it don't hurt my feelings if you call it baiting either because, I mean that's what it is. Uh but yeah. like I said in the beginning, I I got two and a half acres, so I don't really hold deer here. So if I if I want to have a chance of killing something, I got to have something out there that they want. Yeah, I agree. And that's my biggest thing. Like I just I don't see. I don't think there's much of a. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad anymore like i think it used to i guess i guess because it used to be illegal maybe but i think it was frowned upon the the, the idea of hunting over bait was like oh you're one of those hunters but now it's it's kind of like you know i don't think many people really really care um well, i mean i'll be honest with you ryan that you could have that same discussion about gun hunters versus bow hunters Oh yeah, you get you see it all too many times. Hunters bashing other hunters, and and that that's not what we need to be doing. To be honest with you, we need to be getting more people in the sport, not pushing people away from yeah. it. Because that's all all that people's doing is, is you know when you <clears> say oh well, you hunt over bait or you use a gun, that's all that's all somebody's doing is bashing that person, and that makes them not want to do it. Yeah, yeah, I, and uh, I don't to to me like it doesn't matter. It's, as long as we're hunting, like that's all that matters. We just need to we just need to be hunting and having yeah, fun. Yeah, we we all play for the same team. To be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we had never really got, at least on this podcast, I don't think we've ever really gotten um, too in depth about you know people bashing. Um, other hunters, and, but it, and it's just like you said. I mean, it's everything. It's even in the turkey. It's in it's in the turkey world too. Um, it's it's real, real bad. I think it's even worse in the turkey world because, oh man, you start talking about somebody that shoots TSS over somebody that shoots regular, traditional lead shot. Man, they're ready to throw some, throw somebody to the wolves if they shoot TSS. Just about. I tell you what, um, if, uh, if that if that would help me get a turkey, I'd shoot TSS. But 
I just can't, I, can, I just can't shell out that kind of money for those bullets. And I ain't got nothing against nobody that does because, hey, I want to see you succeed. I don't care if you shoot a spike or, uh, or a 21 point buck or a, a Jake or a long beard that's got three nine inch beards on it. You know, you know, as long as you're successful and you have fun doing what you love to do, that's all that matters to me. I don't care what you're using. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. We just need to have fun. Now, there is one, this is my opinion, this is the way I think about it. You know, I, I hadn't said, I may have said this once before on the podcast, but on one episode, but, um, this is the way I look at it. I mean, I, the only time that you should be bashed for anything when you're hunting, I, I think is, of course, if you're doing something wrong, then yeah. yeah. Or if you do something illegal or whatever. Illegal. Yeah. 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 But to me, like I, and this is not me bashing nobody. I mean, it's just honest truth. Like I don't, I can't stand it when you do have some people that they'll, they'll be like, you know, oh, I, I'm all about, you know, making this and this is just an example. You might have a guy or a girl or whoever hunting and they're like they're always talking about man you need to let that deer go and let him see another year and um oh man imagine what he'd been next year and then you see that same person shoot a spike yeah and they're like oh, oh i just man, I had to get it. him out of the herd had to get him out of the herd <laughs> you know or, i have used the phrase cold buck myself because i didn't know any better I mean, I have to, but, but, I mean, that's not really, it's not, not cool, Buck, but I'm trying to get, I just, I can't stand it when people, when they talk about how they, they're so experienced and at hunting mm-hmm. and they, they only take mature animals and then they shoot a Jake or they shoot a Spike, but yeah. then they'll chastise somebody else for not, for doing the same exact thing. Man, that's social media I feel like, for you. Yeah. I feel like if you do get bashed, then that's a good thing to get bashed for. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but anyhow, we, we went off on a tangent there. I like that, but we're talking about baiting. Um, my thoughts on baiting though, man, I, I love it. I love the fact that we can legally do it now. And I think it makes it, it makes hunting more accessible. I think it makes it more accessible for more people. It does. And it does. I mean, you think about people that are, you know, anybody that wants to go out and hunt, and they may be handicapped in some way or uh, getting yeah. a kid out. It may it makes it easier for them. But the only the one thing that I don't want to see happen is I don't want it to maybe turn hunters a little bit lazy. And yeah. not actually go out there and try to, you know, scout a deer and look for, yeah. Like, I mean, cause I kind of want everybody to be able to go out there, know how to find a deer trail, you know, know how to determine deer tracks and which way they're going, which way they're coming. I mean, I think to me, that's like, that's what makes, especially deer hunting, that's what makes deer hunting so fun is you got to, you got to find them before you can hunt them. That's right. 
and from and that's that's one of the reasons why I put my bait site so close to the house is because I think the deer get educated and I, and I've heard this before. I don't know if it was Dr. Strickland that said it or, or who it was, but I've heard it before. If if you if you got a feeder that stays full of whatever you feed corn or record rack or buck muscle or whatever you're putting out for the deer, if they know that that feeder's out there all the time full, why are they going to risk coming out there in the daylight and eating when they can come at night when they're safe? So I put my feed site close to the house. That way I got some stands back in the one and a half acres that's actually wooded. It's got trails coming through it where they where they come to the feeder where I can try to set up on them and see them before it gets dark on their way to feed. Yeah, that that was um, I think I did you hear what did you hear that from somebody on the on our podcast? Because I think now it may have been it may have been it may have been on your podcast uh, one of the beginning episodes because I started. I started that back at the beginning, like at number one, and, and and have been listening to <laughs> most of them. I've got up to I think uh, the last one I actually listened to. You had Chase Baker on. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking to Turkey. Um, that was right before Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. but I, it may have been your podcast that I heard that on. I'm trying to was, think. It, um, it makes sense that he that what he was saying. I think that was. I think that was Bronson Strickland. Um, it may have been. Gosh, there's so many now. I'm starting to lose lose track of them. But yeah, I remember exactly what you're talking about. They were talking. No, that was one of his concerns. Was didn't know maybe once deer found out, oh, there's always food there, so I can just go there at night when it's safer. That's right. Um, and, and that makes like, a lot of sense. It does. I mean, it, it, it makes you think about when you started feeding and you got deer showing up in the daytime and then all of a sudden they start showing up at night because they feel safer at night and they know there's food there. So, you know, they find it in the daytime, but why come back in the day if, if they know they can come when they're safe? Right, right. Um, you know, give me a uh, second. Another thing about baiting is I think it, you know, yeah, we we bait for to get deer to come to it so we can kill them. But I think we also need to uh, think about what what we are feeding the deer, you know, and make sure we're giving them something that's gonna make them healthy and make the other deer healthy as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a huge. I think to me that's a huge deal. Now, I I haven't seen. At least so far, anyway, I, I really haven't seen it being much of a benefit baiting as far as hunting or bait. I haven't seen it to be a great, great benefit for killing big, mature bucks. Because um, them, them big deer, like they're still like you still got to hunt them right. Like you just can't, okay. you just can't put bait out there and. Hope he comes over and eats it, cause he's still gonna he's still gonna sneak up there to it. And if he thinks that he he can, or if he thinks it ain't safe, he's he's not gonna come, no matter what you got out there. Um, of course. But but I don't I don't think it's like I don't I don't really 
see bait hunting or bait any different than having a food plot. Um, which I mean, it actually is more expensive than having a food plot. Oh yeah. Depending on yeah, how much, yeah. depending on how much bait you want out all the time. And depending on how much you put into your food plot, I mean, you could, you know, get a tractor and till up your land and put lime out and buy, you know, some outrageous feed that, you know, that like biologics or something like that. And I don't know, I know, I'm sure there's stuff out there that's high dollar but probably produces really well. You could have a lot of money tied up in a food plot, especially if you irrigate it and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely ain't cheap. Um, but baiting is, it, it gets up there really quickly. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, they've been, <laughs> they've been making money off corn for a long time. <laughs> Man. Uh, I Man, mean, yeah. let's be honest. Let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> corn was, corn was legal. Or, well, not corn, but hunting over bait. Has been legal. What's is this the second year now? I think I think it's the second, second year for the what is it the northern for the whole zone state? For, yeah, for the whole state. For yeah. the northern zone, yeah. But <laughs> they've been selling quote unquote deer corn at Walmart <laughs> ever since I've been alive. So, and they've been man, selling that, the fire out of it. Man, that corn <laughs> even during deer, deer season. That corn for squirrels only. Any deer caught eating that corn is going to be shot on sight. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I always found that funny. Like, that was crazy. Um, and actually, one thing I, I was listening and we're, we're actually, a uh, little bit of a spoiler alert. We're, we're going to have, um, Brian Grossman, I think that's his name. If anybody's familiar with with that name, we're going to have him on the podcast soon. And uh, he runs the Georgia Field. I think it's, I can't, I'm not sure how it started. We'll find out. But the, he's on Georgia Field podcast. And mm-hmm. I've seen a few of those uh, posts on Facebook. Yeah. I haven't got to the podcast um, yet. Yes, they they got a really great podcast, and he's uh his goal really is to you know just and get get information out there to Georgia hunters and uh, try to help everybody become better hunters in the state. And um, they were talking about what were we talking about? Um, baiting, baiting, um, corn. Gosh, what was it? What were they talking about? I I completely lost my train of thought there. Oh man. Well, we got talking about putting money in baiting and putting money in food plots, and then you just like they've been making all the killing off a of corn for a long time. Yeah. I, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. <laughs> hey, we're um, getting older, man. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. But, uh, but anywho, they, he's got, I mean, it's a pretty great, uh, podcast. And, but yeah, speaking of baiting and stuff like that, um, I think that's, 
that's the biggest thing is um, getting deer. Like, you know, talking about trying to grow big deer and stuff like that. Like, it's way more important to take care of your does and make sure they're fed and stuff like that. More so than oh, it yeah. is bucks. Especially during um, their pregnancy, because it, it it costs them a a ton more protein for a for a doe to produce milk than it does for a buck to grow antlers. I mean, uh, it's it's almost double. I think I was reading a reading an article in the QBMA magazine um, talking about food plots and and stuff for your deer to eat and they were talking about the amount of protein that it it takes during gestation and lactation and if that if that doe has twins um i mean you're you're sucking the life out of her i know i know i've i've seen does that have had twins and they just look like a bag of bones walking through the woods yeah um they uh i you know i've never i've never really seen that problem as far as like seeing a phone that was kind of that was lacking you know nutrition well, um, and that's the thing it's not the phone that suffers the phone that those going to produce that milk with what it needs to produce that milk for that phone to survive but it's going to take everything oh from yeah her. yeah 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 you're right there um and that's like that's what people, a lot of folks they don't realize and we we were just talking about him a second ago, Bronson Strickland. I mean, if you go and listen to some of their stuff at Deer Lab, I mean, I feel like almost every single episode I say something about Deer University podcast or something that they're doing. But I've learned more from listening to them about deer than I've probably, as far as, you know, biological standpoint, I've probably learned more from them than I have from anything. And... They just got a lot of good information out there, but um, it takes a lot of stuff to make a big deer, and the most important part of it is the doe. Oh yeah, no. yeah. That, I remember the episode you're talking about, and we we actually had a discussion on this um, with uh, with some other folks. I did, and. Uh, you know, Bronson Strickland was talking about that that doe is going to unlock the genetic potential for that buck during gestation off of the habitat that that can support his growth. She's right. not going to let him. She's not going to let that buck unlock genetic potential that can't be substantiated with the habitat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, of course, that was when I mean, they did that study with the three bucks from the from the Delta yep. in the Mississippi and the other deer and they put them all together and they still produced the, the, the difference in their, in their babies were still yep. different the first year. But after they were in that environment for a couple of years, you started seeing where they were all pretty close to the same amount because they all had the same habitat and protein and nutrients that they needed. Right. Right. And that even, uh, the guys that, uh, what is it? Uh, next level deer supplements. Even mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 were ta- they talked about it on Whitetail Legacy's podcast. Uh, I actually went back and listened to it again today or yesterday, and uh, they were talking about that. And they were talking about the doe, you know, not necessarily 
the the it's not going to be determined like the genetic potential for a doe to you know produce a mature buck is not necessarily determined with like the first doe, but it's determined with the second doe. Mm-hmm. So basically, what you get is if you got a doe, say you got a doe, and then that doe has a doe phone. That mama doe, you want her to be living her best life, eating as good as she can eat while she's pregnant with that doe. Yes, that sir. doe phone. Now, because of that, that doe phone, she's extre- she's got the genetic, she's got the potential to be extremely healthy throughout her whole life. Mm-hmm. Now you want that doe to be eating as good as she can eat and wait, you know, three, four years. Yeah. Wait for her to get Mm -hmm. three to four years old. Then she gets pregnant with a buck. Then that buck gets all of that. I mean, so it trickles down. And that's the thing I see a lot. You know, people, they talk about, you know, my bucks, they're not getting any bigger. But it, it takes, like, it really takes, a good 10 years at least for it to actually start showing. And I think that was like a 10-year study that they did. Or it may have been longer. It's like a 20-year study, I think, or something like that. That At Mississippi State? Right. Yeah, I think it was. It's like it was quite a few years. And, uh, and yeah, the, those next-level guys, um, I know Scott and Nate pretty good. Uh, actually, they're in my they're in a snap group of mine, and uh, we we talk just about on a daily basis. And I've learned a lot from them, and I actually order my minerals from them. And they're out of Nebraska. And if you if you go to their website and um, and look at the phone numbers on there, that's Scott and Nate cell phone numbers. I mean, you call and you talk to the owners of the company, and uh, and they don't have a problem telling you. Um, you know what what good products are, uh, and and for the stuff that they sell, the 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 quality of products that they sell, like the the quality of ingredients, the stuff that they're selling is at at an awesome price. Um, I think I think it's like seventeen dollars for a twenty pound bag of mineral, and I mean it's it's all high quality products, and and the things that they use actually help the deer get more nutrients from their brows that they eat on an everyday basis. Um, you know, so it actually helps them pull more nutrients from the stuff that they eat every day. Um, they don't have to just eat that mineral. They eat that mineral and ingest it, and it makes them absorb more from everything else that they eat as well. They used a, a term for it. I don't I don't know what it was called, but um, I know what you're talking you're about. Talking about, the, uh, just talking about the vasodilator? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Um, like I tell you, I talk, I, I talk to these guys all the time. Scott likes to golf, so I see him on the golf course a lot, but I talked to Nate on the phone several times, and, and he's actually told me products that are close to us that are, that are decent to use, um, and people to stay away from that are just, he's, he's just told me things to look for on, on labels, things to stay away from, like you don't want something that's got a high salt content. Um, and, and I tell you what, don't mention the word corn around Nate because he'll lose it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
But I mean, we give him we give him crap in the snap group, and you know it, it's all fun and games. But you know the things that the things that they talk about really make sense. And he's talking about you know down here where we are, we don't have to worry about it as bad. But they're in Nebraska, so they have they have some cold winters. And he said that corn can actually hurt deer if not kill them if they just eat corn all the time. Because corn is a carbohydrate, yeah. but it don't get that bad here, so it's not it's not. It's not as bad for them here, but it, it's not good for them either. It's not giving them anything. You're not going to grow any deer off of corn. Oh yeah, I mean all this, all it is is attractive. That's, that's yeah. all it is. I think corn is basically a carbohydrate. Yeah. Well, the other another thing, the thing that's bad about you know, and they talked about this too, but you know, corn basically what it'll do. It, what it can do, I don't think it happens that much because everybody and their brother baits with corn. With corn right here, so I don't think it happens that much. But we really, it, it might happen more than we think, though. Because yeah, who knows? I mean, there's no telling. Like we're never going to know what deer are dying and you know making it, and, but. What corn actually can do is it basically what it does is it'll get in their like if they eat too much of it and they get too hot, it'll get in their stomach and it'll curdle and it'll just swell up. Kind of it'll kind of basically I'm assuming kind of do the same thing as dog food does. It just gets in their stomach, swells up, and it just kills them. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how the whole process works, but it, it's it's something to that effect and uh i tell you what man um scott and nate and uh and there's another guy too i i don't know him as well his name is clint um, i think he might be the brains behind the operation just just from knowing scott and nate but um <laughs> they that they they wouldn't be some bad people to have on the podcast because um i don't know if many people down here will will hear about them until they, you know, because they're they're small. They're not a, they're not a major corporation right now. They're they're a small business, and uh, they wouldn't be some bad people to have on the podcast and and might you know shed a little light on some stuff for some of us southern folks. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm way ahead of you there. I'm already working on that. So um, so you said you you said you were out there in uh, in shallow. Um, mm-hmm. I mean that ain't that ain't too awfully far from me. It's just hopping a skip, really. Um, yeah. But based, you know, based on how the Georgia rut is, like, how do you how do you kind of see the rut over there? Um, I I base the rut off of act activity off the trail cameras. Um, and I had a little had a little buck fight in front of me last year, but they were some little bucks. It was fun to watch, but. I think it was somewhere between Halloween and November seventh, November tenth, somewhere yeah. in that area. Yeah, I, I think I feel like pretty much the majority of the state is um, pretty much the same as everywhere else, like north of us and in the Midwest. Um, Basically, that first week of November, second week of November. Um, you know, I've been I've been learning a lot these these past couple of years because I mean I had I, I never I wasn't a hunter as a kid. I, we, me and my dad and my grandpa fished some, but 
you know, I didn't grow up hunting. I didn't get into hunting until I was an adult, and then there was a, a couple of years hiatus in between. Actually, you know, when I first started hunting, it was like go put some corn on the ground, and if it would come out there, it round, it was down. You know what I mean? Um, but now I'm actually yeah. trying to learn stuff and 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 things like that. And I forget where I was going with this. What was we just talking about? Oh, we were talking about the rut. Right. Um, I, you know, and I, and I try, the way I try to learn things, I try to learn things from other people, but, you know, more, more things that I've found is if you listen to a whole bunch of people, you know, especially if it's on social media, you know, you hear, oh, they're bumping does over here, they're bumping does over here, man, they've been bumping does for six months. Things like, you know, if you, if you go back and look at all the messages on, on social media, you yeah. know, everybody says they, everybody says they're chasing, they're chasing, they're chasing, they're chasing. Another morning, um, I've been I was been doing a big job down in Fort Valley, which is about an hour and thirty minutes drive from the house. And uh, I was driving along and happened to look over in the field, and there's a doe and a fawn coming up, and then there's this little spike buck, and it seems like he's got his nose right up her tail. And I'm like, what in the world? That's crazy. No, it's just crazy to see something like that because everybody, you know, I, I don't know when when somebody else sees something like that, they automatically associate that with the rut, but it, it can't be. But I, what I've day, heard that, what what day did you say that was? I believe that was Friday. It was either oh, Friday or Monday. This oh, past okay, Friday, okay. like a week ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just talking about just the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. I think that's the biggest problem too. Like I think a lot of times when you do see, because bucks in general, they're already. I mean, I guess they can be kind of almost like a hen turkey. They can either be aggressive or they can be passive. Yeah, and. Man, that was a pretty good analogy right there. I didn't <laughs> But, uh, I mean, if you – all bucks, especially when the rut comes, just about every buck's going to be aggressive. But, I mean, even when, you know, it's in the off season, if a buck is aggressive or if he's got that aggressive nature, he – I mean, he'll push any deer around, and it'll look like he's chasing them. But really, he's not. Um, I mean, I've seen, I remember last season, I've actually had this happen several times. It'd be, you know, September. And, I mean, now granted, shit, they've already shed their velvet, and they already know that the time is coming. But they know that it ain't here yet Yeah. in September. But I've seen several bucks in September, you know, They'll, if they see a doe, they'll run right at her, you know, try to run her off, basically, is what he's doing. And as soon as she kind of gets far enough away, he'll just leave her and turn around. He'll go back to doing what he was doing. But and, and every single time, I think that's just them being bullies, and they're just trying to have their spot to themselves. Because, I mean, they, once, I think once they... Especially once they shed, they just—it's just more of a territorial thing than anything. Yeah, they start—they start getting their territories laid out and 
challenging yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't care what deer it is, what bucket it is. If if a doe laid down in front of a buck in July, um, he's going to take his opportunity. He's going to take his chance when he can get it. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've heard that I've read or listened to something somewhere that you know when when the buck starts growing at home, they're ready to breed. They're ready to yeah, breed. I mean, and they they'll, they'll start, they know. Yeah. I mean, they know. Like, especially if it's a, I mean, because it's it's ingrained into their DNA. Like, it's it's instinct. Like, they don't, they're not taught. Like, their mama because. The buck, once he's born, like, he don't have nothing to do with the kids. And the does don't teach them. They don't teach them what's going on. But it's, they just know. So, and especially if it's a deer that's like three years old, four years old, and even older, those deer, they done seen it. They done been around it for several years. They know the game. They know how it works. So, mm-hmm. they know soon as soon as these antlers come growing out of my head, that means hey, it's, it's getting close. It's about to be time. Yeah. So they're pretty smart when it comes to that. Yeah, they that's pretty smart animal in general. I think most of the time, at least at least when it comes to my deer, they are anyway. Oh yeah, yeah they they. They are definitely um, self-aware. That's for sure. Um, I, I hate that I'm going to yeah. miss opening day of deer season down here at the house. But uh, I told you earlier, we I'm going to be, you know, bow season comes in on September the 14th. Um, on the 13th, right. me, and, me and a couple of buddies of mine are going to be heading up to... Uh, North Georgia, Chattahoochee, WMA with our bows um, because bear season is going to come in on that same on that same day. So we're going to head up that Friday, get camp set up, get some stands hung, do some scouting around, you know, look where we see signs at and stuff like that. And uh, we're going to try to get on some black bear. First, we're going to stay up there from the 13th through the 17th. Heck yeah! So, I mean, how does that how does that work? Like I'm, I ain't never. I don't know if you've ever been bear hunting, or, but I ain't never been. I mean, is it kind of the same way as they do on TV? You know, you put out some bait out there and wait for them to come well, to you? Or? Well, where uh, we're going, it, it's public land. It's WMA, so can't yeah, can't bait anything on WMA. Um, and I don't know, I don't know that even on private land in Georgia, you can bait deer. Now, I know, I got a buddy in West Virginia, I'm pretty sure that they can bait bear, but I think they have a problem with bear up there. But, um, we, I mean, honestly, it's kind of like if you were to go try to hunt deer on public ground, you know, you just try to find a sign and see where deer have been moving through or bear for this instance, and you try to get you a good spot and get up in a tree and, you know, it's the same with the same with deer. You got to be, you got to be scent aware. You know, make sure you're not, you got, you got all your scent clothing and spray all that stuff down because bears can smell really good. 
Um, I don't know if they can smell as good as a deer, but they can they can smell pretty darn good. And uh, hmm. this is my second year going. Um, the buddies that I'm going with, um, one of them, this will be his second year. And uh, the other guys, I think they've done it. This will be their fourth year. Um, and I was supposed to go the year before last, but I had some classes for work that I couldn't I couldn't get rescheduled. So I just I just had to miss out on that trip. But last year when we went, um, man, we we had sign, we had good sign. Uh, we saw some nice fresh tracks, nice size tracks. Um, saw some call marks on some trees, but we went during gun season and up there. I mean, I've been doing a lot of reading and and research and what counties have produced the most bear harvest and you know what wmas have produced the most bear harvest and um, looking at stuff like that and we went during gun season last year most of the bears were killed during archer season so i mean i i, I like i like shooting my bow anyway i like to hunt with my bow because it's just more of a challenge. I mean, I don't knock anybody that gun hunts. I take my gun with me. I just haven't had the opportunity to use it yet. But um, and I think it'd be sweet to shoot a bear with a bow anyway. But we're gonna hopefully. When we went last year, we never laid eyes on a bear. When it where we camped at, it was a two mile hike in and a two mile hike out, and we had a lot of gear with us. We got in there, we got camp set up, and the first day it was there, it was monsoon and it was raining like crazy. But we got everything set up and cooked dinner and went hunting the next morning. And you know, I think I think there may have been one bear in that area we was in, and we chased that joker all around them hills up there. And uh, it, it definitely ain't like hunting down here. They got some serious hills up there. But um, the only thing that anybody killed was one of my buddies killed a coyote, and uh, we saw a cub in the road on the way out, and that was that was it. But man, I tell you what, it, it was an awesome time. Heck yeah, man. That sounds awesome. Um, now, do deer, I mean, bear, do they like, is it kind of the same as far as the way they go about their day? I mean, do they like bed? They have like bedding areas like deer would or? Well, I don't know that they have, they have, I don't know if they have actual dens up there, caves or whatever, but, uh, I don't know if they, and I don't know if they bed during the day, but, I know that there's a lot of similarities. Like that's that, the reason that you that they kill most of the bears during archery season is because it's early season and they still they carry a summer pattern like like deer do. Um, now down here it doesn't get that cold, so they don't go into a full hibernation, but they do go into a period where they are more sluggish and don't move around as much. So you know if you can get on them in the early season, the things that I've read is they love persimmons. Um, they like millet. So if you can find a dove field, I think, I think that'd be good. Um, they like fruits, like apples, um, and they love white oaks. A lot of the people that I talk, that I read about killing bears, they said they just go up on the ridge and look at the white oaks and you can tell where the bear has climbed that tree, getting the acorns out of the tree. Like they'll climb the tree, sit up in the tree and break the branches and sit there and eat acorns. And there's been there was a number of people that shot bears out of trees. Man, the awesome. thing about it up there, the, the thing, the things that I was reading, is, and I don't know how to figure this out. I think, I think GON says they do a study every year and they they publish it in August edition. So hopefully that that that'll be out before we go up there. But 
you have to look at some years, you know, the mass crop and stuff like that. In some years, the the white oaks produce more at different elevations. I think last year, the white oaks were loaded above 3,000 feet, but below 3,000 feet, there there weren't hardly any acorns. And so that's where the bears are going to be. They're going to be where the food is. So, I don't, and I, they say it varies from year to year, you know, where where the oak, oak trees produce the most acres. And they prefer, I think it said they prefer white oaks to red oaks, but they'll eat them both. But you just have to find that sweet spot in the elevation where, where those oak trees are, are producing. Man. Yeah, that sounds like... Uh... Sounds like y'all gonna have a blast. We aren't we aren't professionals by any means, but you know it's 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 a good time going up there and just just trying to get on something. I mean, and and the reason another reason I wanted to go during archery season. When we went last year in gun season. It was either a bear or a hog. That's the only things you could kill. Which I, I wouldn't mind shooting a hog either. But this year, if we if you go during archery season. You can kill a quality buck because there's no there's no um, doe harvest in North Georgia right now, and I don't think during any season um, because there's a decline in the deer numbers. But it, you can kill a, a buck, a bear, or a hog, and, and of course coyotes. But I just think if we go during archery season, that that just gives us more options of of game, you know, things that we can harvest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sounds like it's gonna be a good time there. You'll have to, uh, you'll definitely have to bring back some pictures with you. I mean, hopefully I hope I'll bring back one. a, hopefully I'll bring back a nice bear rug. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Put that joker in your living room. Man, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> well, man, Paul, I think, uh, I think we can make out a podcast right there, man. Um, I had a real good time talking with you. I guess we'll go ahead and, Wrap it on up here and send it to the outro. Well, all right, brother. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I had a great time as well. And I look forward to uh, getting together, doing some shooting and some hunting with you sometime. Heck yeah, man.